This message comes from Wall Street Journal sponsor C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Bank stocks are still being hit hard after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank on Friday. And the turmoil is throwing the Federal Reserve's rate hike path into question. If they have to stop raising rates because of financial stability concerns over the health of these banks, what does that mean for inflation? Does that just become more endemic? Are they unable to successfully fight it? Plus, how dynamic pricing is infiltrating our everyday activities. It's Monday, March 13th. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. This is the PM edition of What's News, the top headlines and business stories that moved the world today. There was a sharp sell-off in regional bank stocks today following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. That pushes the Federal Reserve close to something it's wanted to avoid, fighting high inflation at the same time as it's trying to resolve a financial stability trauma. We will have much more on SVB, including the role of financial regulators and how the bank's collapse could impact the Federal Reserve's rate hike plans in just a few minutes. But first, let's turn to markets with our reporter, Gina Heeb. So Gina, tell us what happened today. Right when the markets opened this morning, several of these bank stocks just completely fell off a cliff and were halted for volatility, which happens when you see these really big movements. So in the afternoon, First Republic was down still about more than 50 percent after falling as much as about 80 percent right away in the morning, which was just stunning. And then other banks were also seeing double-digit declines. So investors are piling into government bonds because they're relatively safe compared especially with the stock movements that we're seeing right now. So this rally in the bond market has been really stunning as well. We've seen yields drop really quickly, a lot quicker than they normally move. So when there's a lot of demand for bonds, yields decline. Meanwhile, KPMG, Silicon Valley Bank's auditor, is also coming under scrutiny. The accounting firm signed off on SVB's audit report just 14 days before it collapsed. KPMG also gave Signature Bank a clean bill of health 11 days before it, too, was shut down by regulators. A spokesman for KPMG declined to comment on the specific audits, citing client confidentiality. In a statement, the firm said it is not responsible for things that happen after an audit is completed. In other news, the Biden administration has approved a massive oil drilling project allowing crude oil producer ConocoPhillips to begin construction in the Alaskan Arctic. At its peak, the $7 billion project, known as Willow, is expected to produce 180,000 barrels of crude oil a day. That's about 40 percent of what Alaska is producing now. Our reporter Benoit Morin says environmentalists and many Democrats wanted the project scuttled. The Biden administration is sort of in a lose-lose situation where they are facing strong demands from a number of politicians and local leaders in Alaska that oil and gas projects be approved because that's what the state's revenue depend from. Is also facing very strong demands from the liberal wing of his party that he makes good on his pledges to fight climate change. He cannot antagonize one without antagonizing the other. And in that instance, it seemed like the oil and gas industry got a win that the environmental groups are very you know, angered by his decision to approve the project. 
Turning now to business news, drugmaker Pfizer is stepping into the biotech market with a $43 billion deal to buy CGen. The company pioneered a class of targeted cancer drugs known as antibody drug conjugates, or ADCs. The company has expected the deal, which includes debt, to close late this year or early next year. But it's likely to face scrutiny from antitrust regulators who have stepped up their reviews of healthcare and other deals. We are exclusively reporting that Amazon and electric automaker Rivian are in talks to end their 2019 agreement, according to which Rivian sells all of its electric vans to the e-commerce company. That's according to people familiar with the matter. According to our sources, Amazon told Rivian it would buy about 10,000 vehicles this year, a number at the low end of an agreement between the two companies. In response, Rivian sought to remove the exclusivity term so it can sell its delivery vans to other customers. Talks are ongoing. An Amazon spokeswoman said the company remains committed to the terms of its agreement with Rivian. A Rivian spokeswoman said they continue to work closely together with Amazon. And new data from the FBI shows hate crimes rose sharply in the U.S. in 2021, with victims most commonly targeted because of their race or ethnicity. In December, the FBI had released an incomplete data set that suggested such crimes actually fell. The new data, which now includes numbers from New York City and California, shows hate crimes actually rose by 11.6 percent to more than 9,000 offenses. That gives a fuller picture of 2021 when the U.S. was beset by high-profile hate crimes. Coming up, we'll talk more about what regulators may have missed in the collapse of SVB and what could be next for bank stocks and the broader market. That's after the break. This message comes from Wall Street Journal sponsor C3AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB, continues to dominate financial news as it reverberates through the financial sector, as we've been discussing. This week, the collapse continues to drag down bank stocks and drive up bond prices. The turmoil has many investors concerned. As the fallout continues, in a televised address, President Biden assured Americans that the U.S. banking system is safe. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. So how is the Biden administration shoring up the financial system? And might new regulations be coming? Here now to explain is reporter Andrew Ackerman, who covers financial regulation for The Wall Street Journal. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So, Andrew, we heard the president say he'll take steps to ensure the U.S. banking system is safe. Do we know what these steps are? Can you tell us? There were several steps that were announced last night where the administration, along with the Federal Reserve, they said, hey, we're going to guarantee all of the depositors at these two banks that failed. They said, we're going to guarantee the depositors at Silicon Valley Bank, which failed Friday night. And oh, by the way, a second bank, Signature Bank, has 
failed, but we're going to guarantee those too. And we're going to do this in a way where we invoke what's called a systemic risk exception, which basically means there's a risk of these two bank closures affecting the whole economy. So the FDIC, we're giving you an exception from the law that says you have to resolve these two banks in a way that is cheapest for a government insurance fund. You don't have to take the cheapest route, which means you can do things like cover all depositors, not just those with deposits up to the typical $250,000 cap. Um, It also means that when they're trying to find a buyer for these firms, they have the ability to use this massive government insurance fund to kind of sweeten the deal and say, hey, we will work with you, buyer, so that it's more palatable for a bank to buy these failed firms. But Andrew, investors seem to be split here. So how convincing was the president's message? I think it remains to be seen. The stocks for some of the similarly situated banks declined sharply this morning. We kind of saw that level off a bit. There's some indications from Biden administration officials say that they are not worried about the stock sell-offs, that, you know, that's just a repricing and that people are calmed down. The other factor that is pretty important in in all of this is that the Fed established a special facility here where banks that are seeing a lot of outflows, depositors demanding their money back, they can pledge as collateral very safe securities, treasuries, government-guaranteed mortgage bonds, or securities with government-guaranteed mortgage bonds, and then they can borrow basically the face value of those securities for up to a year And that saves them from potential losses from having to sell those securities. The issue is Silicon Valley Bank in particular did not manage well for the rising interest rate environment, and they kind of reached for yields. So the hope is that if this facility gets off the ground, banks facing a similar situation, there'll be some relief for them. They can pledge the securities as collateral, and then they can pay the withdrawing depositors without taking big losses. President Biden mentioned that the easing of bank rules by the previous administration was a factor in what we're seeing happen right now. Can you explain what impact that easing has had? What signs may regulators have missed here in the first place and why? In some ways, this is the most boring garden variety bank run. It's a liquidity crunch. They had all of these people bolting for the exits. It happened extremely quickly online, on social media, but they couldn't sell their securities fast enough or they wouldn't sell their securities fast enough to pay the people who wanted to leave. Like That's what happened. And it raises all these questions about what the supervisors of this bank were doing. What happened at that bank should have raised a ton of red flags. Their growth in their deposits was astronomical. I think it doubled in about a year. They went from not borrowing at all from what's called the federal home loan banks, which is sort of the lender of second to last resort to commercial banks, They went from not taking any money from them to being their biggest counterparty. And just these are just things that you you gotta if you're the examiner of these banks, you gotta be wondering what were they thinking, what what were they questioning the management over? And then the other piece of this is the assets at the bank were all long-term debt. They were from a credit perspective totally safe. They got huge amounts of deposits. They took that money and they bought longer term securities that matured 10 years out and they just declined in value sharply. It's not clear what the examiners did about that, if anything. 
So now as we continue to track this, we see that bank stocks are still in trouble to start the week. Bond yields are down. How might all of this impact the Federal Reserve's upcoming decision about rate hikes? I think that remains also to be seen. It depends on what happens in the next couple of days. If there are more shoes to drop here, you could have other banks that fail here. And then, you know, typically in this in a rising interest rate environment like we are in right now, the Fed kind of raises rates until things start to break. Things are now breaking. So will they pause? I've seen some research notes from some of the big banks sort of betting that they will take a beat, kind of see the accumulated effects of their monetary tightening before they continue to, to raise rates, which also raises a bunch of questions. So they, I mean, if they have to stop raising rates because of financial stability concerns over the health of these banks, what does that mean for inflation? Does that just become more endemic? Are they unable to successfully fight it? Like, these are all questions I have. I don't know the answer to them. Wall Street Journal reporter Andrew Ackerman. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. And finally, price increases are creeping into more of our everyday activities, like a night out at a movie with friends or a family game night at the local bowling alley. So-called dynamic pricing may already be familiar to travelers who end up spending extra for a ride share during rush hour or who have to shell out more for a higher fare on a last-minute flight. But what accounts for the pricing spillover into the rest of our lives? Economics reporter Harriet Torrey says companies' expanded access to more consumer data these days has a lot to do with it. Back before algorithms, people had to sort of guess how much they thought consumers were willing to pay or they would base their prices on prior experiences and so on. But now, you know, companies can use a whole range of different data to assess how much they think that you're prepared to pay. I mean, from things like, you know, the weather, like on a sunny day, the activity that you want to do might be more expensive or on a rainy day, the golf course might be a little bit cheaper for tea times. And that's what's news for this Monday afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow morning. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. This message comes from Wall Street Journal sponsor C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at C3.ai.